All right, welcome to Growing Together, a podcast of Central Presbyterian Church. This podcast is about learning to grow together as a family united to Jesus. So, in many ways, this podcast is not unlike being at a family dinner table, around a fire, or any other places families gather. So, welcome. Take a seat, and let's get going. Uh, Thanks for joining us for the first episode of our new podcast, Growing Together. Uh, We're excited to explore what makes Central, Central. I'm Cole Lesher, and I'm a pastor of college and young adults here. And with me is Matt Woodson, the Assistant Director of Student Ministries. And Pam Smith is our communications wizard. And with us as well is uh, Reverend Dr. Clay Smith, Senior Pastor of Central. So it's good to be with y'all. How y'all doing? Doing great. Doing good. Nice, nice. Pretty good. Well, we're excited that you're with us, Clay. We're excited to, to have these conversations. I'm glad that uh, you're our first guest because you get to you get to get the ball rolling, just crush it here. Um, there you go. Yeah. And so one of the things that uh, I'm most excited about in, in these podcasts is getting to know the, the guest that's here. I think sometimes we we get to hear you, you know, almost week in and week out, right. Preaching. And we get to know, we get little tidbits of your story, little tidbits of illustrations and stuff, but you know, some of us may not know you, you know, your story super well. And this gives us an opportunity to you, not just to be the preacher guy or uh, one person said one time, I was like, which, which one do you have today? The, the long talk or the short talk? Uh, so <laughs> liturgy or preaching. So you're not just the one who does the long talk, but you're, you're clay. That people wish was the short talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think they wish that for all of us, (laughs) but yeah. So, so who's clay, where are you from? You kind of let us know a little bit about your story. Hmm. Well, I was born at a very young age. (laughs) um, I'm from Mississippi and, uh, I grew up in this little bitty town in the Mississippi Delta, um, and uh, on my mom's side, the whole family lived within 10 blocks of each other in this little bitty town in the Delta, and so I was an only child, and yet I grew up with my cousins. We were there all the time together. We'd, you know, play after school or ride bikes, or um, I had a little go-kart when I was a kid, and my, uh, my cousins would come over and um, one of them would ride with me in the go-kart and we would chase her sister around in the go-kart. And uh, so we, uh, we did things we shouldn't have done and uh, hurting, hurting the younger, younger cousins. But uh, it was, um, it was a pretty remarkable place to grow up in part because uh, my grandfather was the chief of police in that, in that little town. And uh, so that was uh, that was fun because you know I get to have a ride in the police car and get to turn on the siren, but that also meant that you know people people's eyes are on you all the time, and so uh, it, it it kind of prepared me a little bit I think for what does it feel like to to be a worker inside the church you know, whether you're a pastor or staff member is, you know your everybody's eyes are a little bit more uh, aware of that person that they see every week, but uh, grew up in that little town in Mississippi. I uh, grew up Southern Baptist, you know, they say Baptists make the best Presbyterians and, uh, uh, and you go and uh, was uh, very aware of 
my guilt, I think. I don't know if that was just growing up in a, in a Southern town where there's that, the Southern Gothic of guilt that just kind of permeates everything or mm -hmm. what, what else, but I walked the aisle in the Baptist church when I was six. I truly think I came to know Christ at that point, but I, I think I got baptized five more times after that. <laughs> like whenever, whenever I'd feel, feel guilty or needy of Jesus, I would like, oh, maybe I just didn't know him before. So, you know, better safe than sorry. One of them will take. That's One of them <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I grew up in that Baptist church, went to college at Mississippi State, which is uh, known as the Harvard of East Central Mississippi. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> nice. If you make your circle small enough, yeah. <laughs> you can be the, the academic powerhouse. Oh, dogs. I uh, studied uh, biochemistry and molecular biology uh, at Mississippi State. I originally planned to go to med school, but uh, the Lord had uh, had other plans, and I uh, ended up going to seminary. And uh, uh, RUF, uh, Campus Ministry, Reform University Fellowship, was a huge influence in my life. Uh, Charles Godwin, our congregational care pastor, was the RUF intern when I was a student, and he uh, he discipled me for a couple of years when I was in college. Yeah, that's cool. Then lifelong friends, um, and... Uh, I was there lurking in Pam and Charles' early dating relationship, and uh, <laughs> I can tell you stories if you'd like them. <laughs> we'll save that for the relationship podcast. Yeah, that's right. Different, different <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. And uh, so another, a big part of my story, I think, was uh, trying to figure out what to do with guilt. You know, as I was growing up, I mentioned that before, and as I think a lot of my formation as a kid was what makes me Christian is that I don't do certain things. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't do the things that the other kids do, um, which, by the way, I did do those things. I just didn't want to tell you about them. <laughs> yeah. So, But I thought that, that that negation equaled Christianity. And so I had a lot of deprogramming to do when I got to college and started to really grow in my faith and you know, being discipled that, you know, living for Christ is, is about... Um, is about more than I than not doing other things, but it's about living fully as the human being God created me to be. And yeah. uh, it felt like the whole world just opened up um, to me to begin to think about the Christian faith in that way. And uh, I think that the Lord's used uh, some some hard things in my life to kind of shape me in that way. That uh, living for Christ is more than not uh, doing certain things. And one of them was I got married right out of college. And uh, married a, a woman who um, had been an intern, uh, RUF intern at University of Alabama, um, which is like 90 minutes away, maybe 75 minutes away from Mississippi State. And so groups would get together and do stuff and um, uh, came to seminary after we married. And then right after I graduated, she left. She walked away from me, walked away from Jesus, walked away from the church. And it kind of left me asking, all right, who am I now? Mm. Um uh, so who, who am I in trying to deal with this unwanted grief? Um, where, where is Jesus in that? And, and what makes me uh, significant? What makes me valuable? What makes me uh, uh, worth being in relationship uh, with? And all of those things, it felt like the Lord just kind of began to strip away and teach me about what it means to be an object of his affection. 
um, mm. when I really uh, didn't have a whole lot else to lean on. Uh, and so I've uh, said, said in sermons before, I felt like um, uh, the thing I needed the most uh, was the thing that could never be taken away, and that's belonging to Christ. And mm. until most everything else was taken away, I didn't realize that that was what I needed the most. And uh, that that being formed through wounding, uh, the, you know, the, the classic Old Testament story, it happens over and over and over again. You're formed yeah. through being wounded. And, uh, and the Lord was gracious enough to kind of do that to me and began to rebuild my life by bringing Missy into my life and other friends who walked with me um, through hard times. And uh, that's uh, that, that vision of, of being a friend and befriending someone um, really took root, I think, in, that, in those experiences of, of pain when I was in college. Um, and, uh, you know, Missy and I got married, you know, right after 9-11, uh, we got married, and um, uh, she's, a, she's a cancer survivor, and so she had some woundedness in her own life, and, uh, and we, it felt like we were fit to be tender with each other because we've both been wounded in our own ways, and um, that's been kind of how we've walked through ministry together for um, these nearly 20 years um, is uh, trying to embrace the wound rather than push it off, you know? Yeah. So you, you had a first stint at Central, but you did, you did, you yes. did what church planting right before that in Arizona. Is that right? Well, when Misty and I got married, I was working at Covenant Seminary. I was the, the church relations guy and the development director. So I was helping oh, raise wow. money for the school. Um, and, you know, that's just part of the wounding uh, for me is, you know, I'm supposed to be the, the public face helping to raise money for the institution. And I'm a guy who can't keep my marriage together. Mm-hmm. And so that was a lot of that, um, the Lord pulling things out from under me to help me think, you're not significant because of these things you do for me, which has been a, a lesson I've had to go back to over and over and over. But after we, after we married, we moved out to Arizona and I was working for Food for the Hungry. Um, okay. Relief and Development an organization that, curiously enough, is headquartered in Scottsdale, Arizona. You know, you don't think about agencies working on world poverty, you know, located in in beautiful nope. Scottsdale. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, then again, uh, it was it was a that was an incredible experience for me to to be driven into the lives of people who are thinking about um, living for Christ and and drawing people to Christ without the, the trappings of the developed world. And so again, what is it that Christianity is about? It's more than just not doing these other things. What's a, a, a positive uh, forward-looking vision of being a kingdom citizen really in my imagination was formed through Food for the Hungry. Wow, that's awesome. And then we church planted uh, in Arizona and then we came back to Central. I was a associate pastor here for uh, about seven and a half years from 2004 to 11, I uh, was an right. associate here. Right before I got here, I think, right? You, you left like six months or something before I'd Word, word had gotten out that you were coming. And so yeah. this, in, this intern guy, get out, get out. Uh, yeah. uh, we, uh, we went to Virginia and uh, we're in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, at a EPC church there as a senior pastor there and been back here now I just started my fifth year which man 
Um, that is so crazy. It feels like long. Wow. a day. It yeah. does not feel like five years. Yeah. On the one hand, it feels like it's been a day. And on the other hand, it feels like this is the uh, uh, the most difficult cramming of 15 years into four that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> okay. Well, yes. when 2020 is 10 years, you know, exactly. add, add on the rest of it. <laughs> oh, exactly. man. Well, yep. tell us a little bit about your uh, your family. So, yeah, you talked a little about Missy. What about uh, you? You've talked about Isaiah and Emma a little bit. Yeah, so Missy, uh, as mentioned, she has been a cancer survivor and is uh, biologically not able to have children. And so we're an adoptive family. And uh, Emma uh, is uh, our oldest. She's 17, a senior in high school, a very gifted artist and uh, looking for where she can continue her uh, art education. That's what she's wanting to study in college. And so we're in the throes of all kinds of interviews and uh, portfolio, uh, art portfolio submissions and all that kind of fun stuff with her right now. And uh, it's gonna be fun to see where the Lord takes her. Yeah. And uh, Isaiah uh, is our 13 year old. Um, and uh, he went to the doctor yesterday and he's now a little over 5'10 as a 13 year old. Wow. He's, uh, he's just, he hits these uh, growth spurts. And, um, and by the way, that's uh, by a long shot, the tallest person in our family um, at 5'10. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Missy, uh, Missy and I now uh, joke about having these two very large tall African-American children and two white, tiny hobbit parents for them. Yeah. Um, that's our, that's our story. And uh, yeah. uh, Isaiah is, uh, he, he's, uh, he's just loving life. He's just one of these kids that just is uh, just happy to be here. And um, it's fun, fun to see him grow up. And um, so we adopted both of them when they were infants. Emma was uh, six months old when we were able to finally adopt her. It was a long a uh, very difficult legal uh, process for her adoption. And uh, Isaiah, uh, we adopted at seven weeks and uh, same adoption attorney. And when we adopted Isaiah, he said, you know, this is just a plain old boring adoption and uh, compared to Emma's uh, complication. I've, I've said, to, said to them both uh, at times when it can be difficult to be a parent. I've uh, said to Missy and me and to them, God worked really hard to put you in our family. So it, it's clear to me that you don't belong to us, but we're stewarding you on behalf of the Lord. And uh, that's, that's kind of changed you know, the way I parent some, I think. Uh, in different seasons of life, sometimes it doesn't help at all. But other times, um, it helps me to be reminded that, that, that these children, um, hey, they didn't come from our physical bodies, but they were truly a gift from the Lord. And it's helped. I need object lessons from the Lord because I'm, I'm a slow learner um, on some of those things and great, very grateful for them. Where, um, where do you like find delight in them? Uh, there's probably a whole host of different areas, but uh, you give us uh, an example or two. I find delight in helping them or in having them tell me why they enjoy the things that they're really good at. So delighting in what they love is kind of where I find delight in it. Like for uh, Emma, she's doing this, uh, submitting her portfolio and she did this amazing piece um, that's kind of a, a riff on Byzantine art. And 
um, uh, so I was asking her last night, tell me about this, this piece that you did, this, this uh, skeleton with, with you know, gold leaf all around it. What are you, what are you communicating about um, the brevity of life and decorating a skeleton with, with uh, halos and whatnot? And just having her explain to me why she, what she was communicating and why, um, just really easy to delight in someone or for me when I hear her explain uh, things that are going on in her, in the depth of her heart and her soul and the way she's thinking about life. Um, uh, and she, she expresses herself through her art in, in a lot of ways. And so that's one of the, one of the ways I delight in her and in Isaiah, I just like watching him run around. Um, he does that a lot. He does, <laughs> he does that a lot. And uh, uh, it's just fun to watch him run around and, and make jokes and, and, uh, and tease people and, and just have fun in a relationship. So I delight in him that way. So. Yeah. yeah. He's my favorite Instagram influencer. So um, <laughs> really, really into, really into that. <laughs> somebody was, somebody was talking about uh, another person in our, uh, the other day. And Isaiah said, who is that? And Missy said, well, your Instagram friends with her. So and it's like, <laughs> well, that doesn't really mean all that much. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Wow, of course not. You. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Go. Kind of a big exactly. deal. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Oh. Hey friends, I want to take a break in our conversation to tell you about my central. Now, some of you might already know about my central and have an account and some of you don't. But I want to encourage you to get it. It is a great resource for us here at Central to grow together, to connect with one another. You can go to our website at centralpres.com, and at the top of the page, it says My Central. You click on that, and you can sign up there. It is a place where you'll find groups that meet throughout the week, our church calendar, and all sorts of different things that you can use to connect with one another. So I encourage you to do that as we grow uh, together. So on with our conversation with Pastor Clay about what ministry looks like here at Central. Oh, man. Well, so this season um, of the podcast, which is funny to say because it's our first podcast, so I don't, there's not much to say about that. But um, this season, this long season. Thinking ahead. You're just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of season of one of 20 survivor style we are gonna um we're asking the question why uh and i think why is one of the most powerful questions it could be one of the scariest questions um but it is a question that i find myself asking a lot and folks i work with regularly asking why uh and i think being in a in a faith that is so old um in in the beauty of that uh and that faith being passed down to us by our uh grandparents and parents of the faith and, and all sources, we, we just have, we ask the question, why? That's just what we do. And, and so I think at why in the sense of central is I wanted to ask this question in the different areas that we do ministry in the different areas that we as a church exist. Uh, and I wanted to ask why we do the things we do, but the, the thing that we need to start with, uh, and it's one of the things you started with when you first got here was asking the why in the sense of a mission and vision statement. Um, and I think this is really important for us to get to, but I, I really want you to, I guess, to explain for somebody like me before hearing uh, 
what you had to say eventually, like what is a mission and vision statement or maybe what is ours and then what is one or maybe vice versa. I don't know, switch it up, uh, but help us, you know, all of us have read um, Heifetz and Lencioni and all those fun stuff. So, yeah. Right. All right. Well, um, you hear me every Sunday uh, say our vision statement at the beginning of <clears throat> our sermon time every week. And Central Presbyterian Church seeks the transformation of our lives, our communities, and our world through the renewing work of the Lord Jesus, all to the glory of God. That's our vision statement. And um, what a vision statement does is it, it's, it's an aspiration of what you hope this organization could become. So it's kind of looking out into the future to orient the direction, orient the trajectory, orient the, uh, the growth path for, for any organization. And it's, it, it's absolutely vital for any organization, I believe, to have a, a clear vision statement um, because uh, if you don't, what happens is you find you, you, you wind up defining success as wherever you are. You know, whatever we're doing right now equals success um, because you don't have any idea what you're trying to do. Mm. And so uh, when I came uh, to Central, um, that was where I wanted to start um, because you, know, you guys heard me say this before, but um, it's felt that in seasons at Central that it's kind of, we, we do vision by Christmas tree. So that that is if there's if there's room on the tree to add an ornament, you know, you do. And uh, for us as a, as a church, it's felt like if there's room or if we can create room in the organization to do a new or different or exciting blingy ministry, of course we will. Um, but how do you know if you're actually accomplishing what God brought this group of people together to do, um, to pursue. Um, and it's a vision statement that helps kind of organize that, coalesce it. Um, and so uh, our vision uh, is all about transformation. Um, it's all about change. I mean, that's, that's one, of the, one of the reasons I got into ministry, I think. I felt called into ministry was because uh, I loved to see how lives are changed, um, how, how uh, the the direction of people's lives um, can can fundamentally be altered um, through through the power of this gospel, um, and that's an incredibly exciting thing to see. Um, and uh, that's that was you know um, uh, part of my own call to ministry. But uh, as we began to work on that question for what's central about uh, that core part of transformation. Uh, 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 Kind of define what we wanted to go, where we wanted to go, um, and uh, that's not exactly the same thing as the mission, though. And vision and mission are different. So the the vision sets out the aspiration, the direction, and the mission is how you're going to get there. So what are the particular things that this organization is going to do to try to move as a group, as a body, as an organization in that direction of the vision, and uh, uh, those things can change over time because, you know, if your organization, if, if a church is growing, then what you had to do to move to our transformation set 10 years ago is probably not what you have to be doing right now, because if it is, then something's not working. Um, the transformation isn't happening. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so the, the mission and the, the strategies kind of get altered, you know, iteratively as you, as you keep pursuing that, that vision goal. 
And so that was one of the first things I did when I got here was, was to draw together some of our lay leaders in our church to say, let's talk about vision and mission. Because it really didn't matter a whole lot about what my vision and mission uh, aspirations were for Central because the church isn't me. Uh, it's uh, my job as a pastor, I think, is to facilitate our vision, our mission, this particular people, this body's vision um, for how God might change us, it might change our city, it might change us, it might change our world um, through this collection of believers. And uh, that was a lot of fun to go through that process with these folks. There were eight, uh, eight other folks and me, you know, four men, four women, all deeply involved, uh, age, ages ranged uh, widely, and uh, it was a lot of fun to be on that team. We met a lot, talked a lot, um, argued a little, and uh, uh, came out, I think, with, with something that helps us to, to grow, I hope. Nice. Well, what things have you seen uh, that this mission and vision have already started to impact? Because uh, we're we're not like super long into it in regards to right. like, you know, we haven't seen, you know, 10 years of how this mission and vision happened. Right. But like, what have you seen things that have changed from the Christmas tree approach, right? The ornament approach. Uh, to where we are now, like what what are what are some of the impacts that exist in, in ministry that you've seen or experienced? This is a good example, you know, a podcast um, that's relationally focused. Transformation is about about being in process, right? Transformation is about not presenting to the world or to one another that we're finished products, but uh, we're we're growing, we're changing, we're and. And we're going to be, try to be honest and candid about that. So uh, that's one, one thing uh, that I think um, that just we're, we're a church full of people in process, I think, has begun to kind of seep into the, the culture, um, the felt culture of our church. There's a long way to go. Um, but I think we begin to, to see and experience that a little bit. Uh, a few other things are the, the staff actually talks to one another in ways that how we can plan something that's bigger than just my ministry, but how do we plan for things where we're going together in a certain direction? It's not always that way in churches. Um, and often, or most often, it's not that way in churches. You know, businesses aren't going to survive if all the people in the business aren't pulling in the same direction and uh, churches can kind of just bump along um, and bringing that kind of Cooperation uh, in ministries, I think, is is a is a, uh, is a fruit of that vision mission process. Another thing I think is is uh, how how we want our church to be led, uh, and that is moving toward elders as shepherds, uh, being engaged in in the real lives of our real people, um, yeah. uh, rather than just all organic. Or I come to church on a Sunday morning hoping just to bump into my buddies, it becomes more, I'm looking for the people that I'm responsible to shepherd. Uh, and, and how do I get close to them? How do I move toward them? That's a, that's a very different way for leaders to enter into a, into a large full sanctuary. Yeah, absolutely. To think first, not, not, uh, not who are the people that make me the most comfortable, but rather, who are the people that I'm responsible to give my life away to? 
you're the people I'm responsible to, uh, to point them to Jesus. Um, that's a very different mindset. And, yeah. uh, and it's, it's incredible to see it work. <laughs> um, Especially in the light of a pandemic. I mean, we went from, oh my I don't word. know what would have happened. I don't know what it would have looked like if we hadn't implemented this model beforehand to where people actually can be heard. You know, if you don't see them, cause you're all locked in, you know, like I, yeah, I've been super appreciative of, of kind of that process. Uh, Absolutely. And, and leaders who bought in, you know, who, yeah. who want to give their time to make the calls and the visits and the, the emails and the texts and, and all of those ways to communicate when you're exiled. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's incredible to see how, how this, uh, this leadership team at Central has really taken to um, being that type of body. Because um, you're right, uh, I, don't, I don't know what our church would look like if we didn't have that kind of ministry already going. Um, or if we tried to build it in the middle of a pandemic, oh my word. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely felt like a providential thing. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the, just the different ministries that exist, like mm-hmm. what you said about moving into more a relational model, like, you know, we have, uh, you know, grief share, divorce care, we have all these ministries that uh, are relationally driven, like, hey, you know, people to people, this has been a struggle, let's talk about it, you know, growth groups, you know, and mm-hmm. different things like that to where we're trying to be intentional about uh, pursuing one another in the Lord uh, and being shaped into full, full people, uh, in process as well. I love, I, I, the, the phrase in process just complete describes my life. And so I hope it does for everyone else, but it's like, I should just get that tattoo, like completely in process. Uh, (laughs) I should show you something here. I don't think you've ever seen this, but I'm pulling out my business card and this is what the back of my business card says. Play is in process. <laughs> in process. I like that. There you go. Oh, that is so good. Uh, yeah, we'll get tattoos together, Clay. There and, you uh, go. We'll there you the, go. Yeah. It's going to be a weekend event. Yeah. Pam's in too. Matt, we'll make it happen. I'll add to my collection. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're supposed to, you know, say, oh, whatever, you know. Uh, we can edit this part out. Yeah, yeah we can edit, edit that out. That's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, nobody has tattoos here. It's fine. Uh, we're Christians. So, um, <clears throat> well, okay. So, mission and vision impacting a lot of what we do drives about, drives a lot of the ministries we have, um, uh, which is, is really cool. I think being on staff watching kind of these little inroads that, that come about, but, you know, also I think what's interesting in our, our yearly process of, mm-hmm. of implementing this right year, you know, annual mission and vision mm-hmm. statement. So we have this big one and then we have this, here's what we're going to focus on this year. Right. And uh, I would love for you to, to share, you, you know, you, you sent out a, a, you know, an email and, uh, and a, probably even a devotional on these things as well, but what, um, what are our, what is our kind of focus for this year, um, and what can we uh, be ready for uh, mm. in in this why moment of right. how we do it? Right. So uh, a couple of the of our uh, aspects of our mission is how we're going to pursue transformation. Um, one of them is uh, intentional discipleship. Uh, another one is sacrificial mission. And a third one is sincere community. And, you know, mm. every church pursues discipleship and mission and community. But the, 
the, the descriptors are really important, um, I think, for how we are trying to do what we do. Intentional discipleship um, and, and sincere community. Uh, and uh, so one of the things we're trying to focus on this year is uh, creating a deeper sense of belonging at our, at our church. Uh, when we're scattered, can't be together, um, can only have you know, 25% of our sanctuary uh, of worth of people and um, just all the, all the things we can't do, but what can we do? Um, yeah. And one of the things we can do is to be purposeful about how we are formed as disciples. Um, and uh, I think this is super important in our, uh, our cultural moment where uh, the, the expectation that people grow up knowing the basics of the Bible, the fundamentals of the story of the scriptures, uh, you know, some of those um, givens and assumed things about the foundations of a culture, those are shifting in, in our nation. And um, uh, forming someone to be a Christ follower is not something that's just going to happen. Right. It has to be purposeful, intentional. And so uh, that intentional discipleship is, is through growth groups, through relationships of, you know, three, four, five uh, people, single sex, you know, meeting together and really getting involved in one another's lives and in, in what you know about the Christian faith, but also providing the, the support and the challenge toward growth, to being transformed, to being different next year than we are this year. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're probably not going to deeply be shaped to be different people if we just sit in a pew once a week and give an hour to to public worship that's that's a wonderful start it's necessary but for us to grow there's there's other steps underneath that and um, being involved in groups of people where you open up your life and let other other christians begin to challenge what you love challenge what you desire challenge what you're giving your life to uh, challenge how you spend those kinds of things or really forms us to be different people. And um, uh, Mike Farley has done a tremendous job building uh, some resources to give us some tracks, give us some, some content to, to shape those conversations. And Colin, you've been helping uh, pull those together as well. Um, and uh, that's, that's being launched uh, in the next short while. And uh, uh, I'm hopeful that that intentional formation, intentional disciples is going to change us to be a, a different church five years down the road. Yeah, um, amen. Uh, in addition to forming new leaders, taking younger leaders and equipping them to be the types of leaders that we say we want um, mm. through that formation. Another thing is uh, a sincere community uh, that is built around Jesus. So um, probably every one of us have... Uh, relationships that uh, are more open to talking about the gospel now than they were a year ago. Um, mm. it, probably because we're everyone's more in touch with their vulnerability than we were a year ago. Yeah, uh, life seems way more fragile when 440,000 Americans have died of a virus um, in less than a year. Um, yeah. I think everybody's life feels more fragile. And so um, we're more open to where do you find hope in that, mm. that kind of a disaster? And so uh, 
we're wanting to give people in our church tools to help build sincere community around who Jesus is. And so friends, neighbors, coworkers, family being drawn together to into this material called Christianity Explored, where it's um, it's safe to ask questions that maybe you felt intimidated to ask around other Christian people before. Yeah. Or uh, you as a Christ follower um, are intimidated to have an answer about some of these questions that your neighbors <laughs> yeah. might have. Um, <laughs> and you're going to you know, go through this material together and learn together and be uh, form a uh, a, a community that's sincere, doesn't have to pretend, doesn't pose, uh, but is questions are okay. Um, mm. It's okay not to know. It's okay to be in process. It's okay to wrestle. And uh, that kind of sincere community around evangelism is, is another thing that we're giving ourselves to this year. And uh, Ben, Pastor Ben, is uh, pulling some of those groups together uh, and getting the resources out. So, our church, by and large, many, many of our ministries are pointing toward these two things, getting people into these growth groups, getting people into Christianity explored groups so that discipleship and community can really happen. Yeah. And uh, uh, not just with people in my friend group, but people who are a little different from me. Um, I think we'll take a look back next year. We look in the rearview mirror. We think, wow, look how we've changed. Um we focus on those things. So I'm, uh, I'm super hopeful of uh, how we change, how we grow, how we're transformed every year by taking stock and saying, how do we want to be different next year? And then let's plan on how to get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's super helpful. Uh, I, I'm the person who needs, uh, you know, I just got introduced to like rule of life stuff in the last mm. like few years and mainly because of Mike. Um uh, mm-hmm. He's, he's not a bad influence. He's a good influence. So I'm glad I have those uh, in my life. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, he just learning how like lost I can get in regards mm. that I could do good things. Like I can, I could read the Bible here. Or I could, you know, mm. do some spiritual practice or discipline here, but like they don't really have like a, they don't have a, a, a thrust. They don't have like a goal mm. in mind. And I mm-hmm. think it's cool to be able to, to create that together say actually here's who we want to be uh this next year right and and being formed in relationship to others because you know none of us are an island and Christian faith is not about being by myself it's not just me and jesus but it's a community that that we together look like the body of christ in the world um yeah and uh that's not just going to happen by accident no it's not (laughs) Yeah. So on that rule of life thing, um, there's this awesome app that I use um, in my own devotional life that I just found. Um, it's called Lexio 365. Have you guys seen that app? Oh, yeah. And, it's uh, great. It, it's fantastic. One of my pastor buddies told me about it. And uh, it's just it's phenomenal to lead you through uh, purposeful times for pausing for reflecting for asking for yielding um uh, that's just p-r-a-y that's their rubric um uh it's a great great app so if you're kind of feeling stuck about where do you how, how do you get some traction on being changed that's a great app to look to and get people to do it with you i found that uh these apps are um 
it's actually taking something that can be like really insidious in like notifications and like the way that uh, these smartphones are kind of changing our brains and actually uh, redeeming them for good. So like I get so many notifications on my phone from so many apps and I just ignore them. But uh, whenever I get like these prayer apps and stuff like that, it uh, like, you know, it surprises me at first, but then I'm like, Oh, it like I'm intentionally going to enter into this time now. Like it, it calls me to action and to and to encounter God at that at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll try to put a link in the show notes or something that like that for that. Um, and then maybe they'll end up uh, being a sponsor. Who knows? You know, there you <laughs> go. Sponsor of our so. Yeah, yeah, I still things out there. Lectio three sixty five, um, <laughs> St. Louis Cardinals uh, season passes. I mean, wait, what? Uh, so, well, Clay, Clay, thanks for being with us, man. It's been good to, to chat and to, to think and to almost, you know, just be, be able to see kind of a little bit behind the curtain, but also to see kind of what the bigness of what we're doing here. It's not just mm. actually in many ways, it's the, it's the kind of big picture the meta and the, Hey, here's the groundwork. And I think that's, right. it's really important for us to see and to know. So I really appreciate that. And I, so before we go, as we're, we're heading out, I'd love if you have just, if you have anything that you want to want to say, or um, anything that we, that you wanted to touch on, but didn't have a chance to, et cetera. <laughs> I guess maybe just uh, if we have a big Jesus, then then substantial change is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's easy to kind of get get lost in what we've lost. It's easy to get lost in um, uh, feeling stuck. But if if we have a big Jesus, then real change, real transformation uh, is is possible. And that's you know that's my hope. Uh, it's, that's why I'm in ministry. Is I believe it's possible, and um, uh, I'm excited about seeing people's lives change in our church. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, Amen. That'll preach. There you go. Thanks again for being with us, uh, and Pam and Matt as well. And so, looking forward to many more of these, and having you back on at some point to talk about all sorts of things, all the things. Awesome. All so, the thanks things. again. Yeah. See ya. Thanks for being with us today. It's good to be together. If you want to find out more about Central Prez, uh, please go to our website at centralprez.com or find us on all the social media things with the handle at CPCSTL. Join us next time as we continue to learn and grow together uh, into the family of God. Blessings, friends.